Hello, everybody, and welcome back to AMTV Radio. This is the show but where I'm joined by a very special guest each time, and we talk about, well, whatever we want to, really. And my guest today, a lot of you might know him in the Doctor Who space, but he talks about all sorts of franchises, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, you name it. He's probably talked about it somewhere down the line. Introducing Wingy Media. Alex, how you doing, mate? I am okay, thank you. How are you? Yeah, man, not bad. I I feel like I've said this a lot this season, but as well as any of us can be, but I feel that's absolutely the correct answer. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah. no one knows where they're at half the time, so... I don't even know what day it is anymore, mate. Trust me, but... <laughs> I don't... I, I, honestly, at weekend, I honestly thought it was Monday on, yeah. like, Saturday. I, it, all, it was only because of football that I knew it, what day it was. That's a good timekeeping was... thing, isn't it? Football, yeah. It literally is just football that is the only thing that is making me, like, on track with my calendars and what I'm at. Um, having to do maybe i need to start watching again but um we're gonna have a lot to talk about it's gonna be a great chat for anyone listening or watching and as i do with all my guests and for those of them who maybe aren't familiar with you or you work just tell us a bit about yourself and your channel what what kind of things do you do oh i post a load of rubbish um <laughs> it's mostly doctor who stuff but like you said i talk about anything really yeah uh, I, I suppose i've always wanted to do a channel where i don't just specifically talk about one thing i don't want to put myself in a box i'd rather just talk about everything that i'm interested in because yeah. i know there's people out there who like all that sort of stuff because i'm one of them yeah so if you're a nerd basically <laughs> check out my channel and you might find something you like i guess that's a good pitch if any definitely but um i was going to ask you about that because i did notice when because i you know, with all my guests i like to sort of you know go back through their work and see what kind of stuff they've done and i oh, did God. notice that about <laughs> yourself because you know when i first heard about you it was through like the doctor who stuff but then I'm going back and like, oh, there's a lot. It's yeah, as you said, it's a lot more than just that. And I admire it in one sense, the fact that you do just sort of make what you want. It's something I've tried to do on this platform as well. But as a fellow creative, how do you feel when say, because we all know the YouTube algorithm is a hilarious, broken mess of a system. So, yeah. you know, say you upload something and as an example about Star Wars or Marvel or DC and say, you know, you've had a lot of fun making it, but it maybe doesn't have as much traction as the other stuff for a, for a creator like yourself, is that a bit demoralizing or do you just sort of go with the attitude of I'll make it and if it gets views, fair enough. If it doesn't, I'll crack on. Pretty much the latter, really, because I've had that before where even with Doctor Who videos, to be fair, I've uploaded yeah. something. I'm like, I'm really proud of that. And yet barely anybody's watched it. And then you do something where it's like, I've literally just thrown this together <laughs> late at night, hung over. I'll just fuck it i'll just put it up and then loads of people watch it and you just think to yourself like why are people watching this yeah. <laughs> i think that i think the biggest frustrating one that i had was i did a pokemon series ages ago like years ago now hmm. of like a walkthrough of pokemon yellow i did like five episodes i put a load of different like photoshop pieces together for the video i wanted to make it look proper professional and it's still got like less than 200 views or something oh, like that mate, bless you <laughs> it's annoying but it's just it's just one of them like yeah you know you can't expect every video to get a million views every time like you just put out what you want and see what sticks really no that's it and i think well i think it takes more time but would you agree that sort of you know over time because you've been mm-hmm. posting content for if i'm right between is it between three or four years now i think i think um, this is my fourth it's 2021 isn't it uh, i think so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah this is this is my fourth year apparently yeah would you say like over time though if you just stick at that attitude of i'll post what i want regardless of what the algorithm wants that following slowly does build up because i think i found that over the past four or five years even though i post like you know a variety of things there's always like a sort of core audience if you like Mm. 
Yeah. Well, I think the, I think the problem with a lot of people is they try and make content that they think people want, and they try and force out content that isn't really them. Whereas if you take the attitude of, well, this is what I want to talk about, yeah, it's more natural. People are more likely to gravitate towards to it, or at least from my experience, that's what I've noticed anyway. No, completely. I think the the genre, if you like, especially in the Doctor Who world, where I think that's apparent, not in everyone, but in some, I would argue, is like news videos or updates. Because whilst, you know, um, I mean, massive respect to anyone out there who does it. I've done a few myself, but I've always tried to do like, say, either the big, you know, the big, big things, things you can't avoid. Like, oh, someone new has been cast as the Doctor or Mm. say something that interests me, like a new Blu-ray announcement. But, you know, then you see there's various videos where it's like even the smallest thing, like uh, like a tiny rumor. And it's like breaking news sort of thing. I think that's (laughs) the hardest thing because I've thought about that. You know, I'll see that little rumor on Twitter and think, do I really want to? talk about that like not really because i think if i did like you say it'd be that oh i have to say something about it now so yeah and i think the problem with that sort of content is as well and again no disrespect to anybody who does that sort of stuff but for me it was always a case of i want people to be able to come back to my videos whenever whereas if you do i mean i have done videos like that where it's like who's going to be the next doctor Hmm. and you just think like well after it's already been announced that video is totally irrelevant so you can't really go back to it really um, so I'd rather just talk about the past. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind nostalgic. this dude rubbish. Let's talk about the 70s. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. I'm all for it there. But um, I noticed your, well, the first video that I can see on your channel, because this is this is somewhere where every guest is like, oh, God, because they're like, why have you gone all the way back? Yeah. But your first one, I believe, if I've got my research right, was a video on Star Wars The Force Awakens from early yeah. 2017. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I so that was a weird video. I, I think I recorded that video about three times as well before it got yeah. to what it ended up as. It's so, probably shit now. So if that was your first one, then what what was it about that video or like The Force Awakens that made you think I'm going to make a video and post it on a YouTube channel? You know, I don't even know. I see the thing is my channel's been up since 2015, I think oh, okay. something like that. Yeah, I didn't post on it because I wasn't confident. I had obviously I've got glasses and red hair and I was fat and I was like well I'm gonna get bullied for some of them I'll at least get rid of one of them so I lost the weight and then I was like right now I'm more confident to do it yeah um and it just went from there and I suppose I was I had a few videos planned I was like right well I'll do a Star Wars one I'll do a Doctor Who one and I think the one after that was like a DC one or some weird bollocks like that (laughs) I don't don't even remember now but um I was just like yeah I'll just do these and I scheduled them all and it just so happened that the Star Wars one went out first really and i just yeah. i think I, I think i can't remember but i might have put a clickbait title like is star wars the force awakens underrated because <laughs> we've all done I, it mate we've all done a clickbait yeah. title along the oh, way i still do it <laughs> but, uh, everyone i think at that time everyone was sort of moaning saying oh the star wars the disney movies are rubbish and blah 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 and i was just like well they're not are they now they are but at the time they weren't <laughs> in retrospect but, like, yeah because because i was trying i was defending like the stuff of Ray being overpowered and all that sort yeah, of stuff before yeah. it was cool. Whereas yeah. now it turns out she is overpowered and that video's null and void. But yeah, I mean, let's divulge it. I mean, for those, we'll get to Doctor Who stuff, but let's talk about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so as you say, so when it was just Force Awakens before Last Jedi, before uh, Rise of Skywalker, mm. am I right in thinking you have the opinion of like, that wasn't too bad? I actually quite enjoyed The Force Awakens. Uh, I think at the time, the only disappointing thing or thing that I didn't like about it was that Luke was barely in it. 
Yeah, that uh, one bit at the end, basically, wasn't it? The, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But apart from that, I thought it was fun. It was obviously a bit of a retra- uh, retread of um, the original trilogy, or like A New Hope specifically. But I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fun. Yeah. I enjoy it for what it is. And it, it was getting a lot of shit online. And I was yeah. just sort of like, I'll, I'll make a video about it. But then obviously the next film came out and I was just like, wow, this fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I was about to ask you about The Last Jedi, but you've just said it there. So you're not, you're not a fan. I hate it. I, I vividly remember because my mate saw it before me and he was right. saying like, I don't know what you'll think about this. And I was like, oh, okay. Because usually his opinion on films, I usually agree with. Okay. And so I went, it was a new cinema that they built in uh, my area as well. And it was the mm. first time of me going to this cinema. And it was like a proper fancy experience. Like it's the nicest experience I've had in the cinema. And I sat down and I watched that film and I was like, this is the worst two hours of my life. Oh no. I, I came out <laughs> and I was just, I came out of the cinema and I was like, that was so bizarre. I don't know what I've just watched. It was oh. awful. And with any rewatches and stuff, that opinion hasn't changed at all, or you... no, it hasn't. And I think with hi- I mean hindsight is obviously a beautiful thing, sure, but sure. I, I think at the time it didn't really register that we didn't really get moments between like Han, Luke, and Leia. And it's only after Carrie Fisher passed away that I think everyone realised like, oh fuck, that was a big missed opportunity that's never actually going to happen again. Sure, yeah. I, I, I just didn't like the way that certain characters were handled, Luke in particular. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a, a abomination, basically. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> strong words. I like it. And then, um, obviously, Rise of Skywalker comes out in 2019. So when you went into it, were your expectations already quite low? Or were you sort of thinking this is like the one chance where it could be good again, if you like? Uh, they were already through the floor. To be honest, <laughs> I was just sort of like, uh, it is what it is. And again, similar. It did nothing for me. Yeah. Um, it was just one of them, again, where it's like, this just, it, it could have been something so much better. And yeah. listen, I, I know a lot of people bang on saying like, I know I just mentioned it, but it didn't have to be around the original trilogy characters. Mm-hmm. But the thing that frustrates me is that the new characters aren't very interesting and they do sort of push the older guys to the side without giving them much to do. Sure, uh, yeah. Like Lando just sort of turns up and it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> and what? Like, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really do anything, so... I think that's it in the Rise of Skywalker, isn't it? It's the mo- it's the biggest clump of like, oh, that's a moment, but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't lead to anything or or go anywhere. I mean, I think in retrospect, like with out of all the trilogy, I would argue actually my favorite is the Last Jedi, only because, for me at least, it it was it was different, like wildly different, and I kind of whilst not everything I agreed with, like some of the handling of Luke's character, like you said, and other bits, but I was like, okay but at least you're trying to do something different from the norm. And I respect that. And if Rise of Skywalker had finished, like sort of gone down that route as well, I reckon I would have enjoyed that. But whereas it sort of snapped back to, oh, it's got to be like The Force Awakens again, but now even with even more fan wank and nostalgia. Hey, Palpatine, yeah. do you remember Palpatine? Do you yeah. remember him? Yeah, there is he is. That, I think that's the main <laughs> thing that annoyed me because it's like people say a lot of stuff about the prequel trilogy and understandably, um, and I don't think the original trilogy is flawless either, but at oh, least no. you can tell that there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And there's a clear goal of, right, well, at the very first minute of the first film, that is going to lead up to the very last minute of the third film. Mm. Whereas with this, it just sort of felt like, OK, so we're going to do this. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll do. Should we do that again? No, no we'll, do, we'll do this now. Well, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Oh, we'll, we'll just move on to something. Else. We'll go back to how it started. Like, it just yeah. feels so <laughs> disjointed. Like, yeah. I think that's that's probably my biggest 
biggest gripe out of all of it. It, yeah. it feels like a cash cow and a cash yeah. grab at this stage. That's so. it. And do you think if just a hypothetical, if you if JJ Abrams had directed all three, so including Last Jedi, do you think it would have been a bit better and a bit more cohesive rather than swapping different vision? Because they, you know, Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams clearly had different ideas of mm. what Star Wars was. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I think it's to do with more the execs high up, like you know the sort of Kathleen Kennedys and who's who's the guy in charge of Disney. I don't know, but it's probably something to do with with them more so saying like, oh, well, we need to include more of this and like people like that in the first film, so we need to like it's not it's not really like well, this is what we're doing set in stone with yeah. minor tweaks along the way. It was sort of like okay, well that works in the first one, push that more, take that out because that doesn't really work. It, it feels very made by committee. I think yeah 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 taking the best bits but not actually doing anything creative with it if you like yeah well hopefully i mean i know obviously mando's on tv at the minute or on disney plus i should say which i, I know i've been joined have you have you enjoyed mando as well or uh, i watched it like the first yeah. two episodes ages ago but i didn't keep up with it i think so. i was in the, i think it was like first first lockdown where it's sort of just like man i don't really know what i'm doing with my life oh, so let's throw this on i don't think i'm so really in the mood for it done it first lockdown nearly a year now at the time of recording which is ah a bit mad but um in terms of in terms of your videos though like um one of the videos that because i watched a few of them in preparation for this and i noticed you've done a few ranking videos in your mm. time which are always i think people always want to see what other people's opinions are in ranking stories but i think when when doing them i guess you're always inviting people to you know because people are going to disagree with you people are going to write various things so how have you found the responses to your ranking videos like both the good the bad and the ugly if you like well the thing i've always sort of well when i first started i was very sort of like oh my god i don't want any sort of criticism whatsoever but then yeah. i got to a point where i was like alex just grow the fuck up who cares because <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day when i'm doing these videos i'm not talking about what i think you should think like this is not me saying you're right and i'm wrong or vice versa or whatever i'm saying like this is my opinion yeah what do you think I don't give yeah. a fuck what you think, really. I'm not <laughs> trying to change your opinion. This is just what I have to say. And yeah. I mean, you get some people who are proper just like, how the fuck could you put that story there? And like, what do you mean you don't think that like the Leisure Hive is the greatest story that's ever existed? <laughs> and all this sort of bollocks. Someone I, mentioned yeah. Fomasis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I hate that story. I loathe it with a passion. I like Ugh. bits of it, but then there are bits where I'm like, ooh, clunk. So, <laughs> you know. Just, it's so boring <laughs> i just I, that's one thing i hate about doctor who like I, if yeah. it's bad i can forgive it but if it's boring i'm like how have you it's a police box that can go anywhere and you've made it dull how is that possible no man i feel that that was me with i mean i say i i like to try and take as you said like any enjoyment out of doctor even if it's like a so bad it's good sort of thing mm. but the one i can't get anything out of upon multiple rewatches is the dominators from yeah. patrick Troughton's time i just it it's just, it's dull, you know. That's in my opinion. Yeah. It's just really boring. The only saving grace is arguably the, you know, Trout and Jamie and Zoe, but that's that's about it. Yeah. So. It, the, I mean, the good thing with that era, at least, is that's one of the few stories I think that is genuinely sort of a bit crap. Like Trout, and I think has got a really consistent run of Doctor yeah. Who stories, and I, I did a video about him recently as well, and I, I've really gotten into a sort of Trout and resurgence because my girlfriend is a big Troughton fan, as okay. is my brother. So yeah. I've, I've just been watching their stuff recently, and I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. All about the Troughton, yeah. yeah. And I mean, they've, they've well, at the time of this recording, it's still 
isn't it still rumored or did they confirm that they're animating evil of the daleks and abominable snowmen i can't remember if that's been like official yet or if it's still uh, a quote-unquote rumor i don't know uh i think the next one that's meant to be out is web of fear isn't it that i heard yeah why though because they've only got one episode missing like (laughs) what's the but like do evil of the daleks or dalek master plan or some hartnell stories like Uh, oh yeah yeah, no let's just do one episode of this story that's more or less done yeah that makes sense fill the schedule i swear if they release it and then a week later they're like we found web three it's like (laughs) oh great you know could you imagine as well that that's another dvd we have to buy so oh yeah well that annoys me actually because i I must admit with some of these animations i i am getting the feeling that they are tricking people a little bit so like with power of the daleks the first one it was sort of just like it's good but this animation is a little bit shit and then they do a yeah. special edition. And I feel yes. like they're going to keep doing that. Like, oh, new animation. Yeah. That's annoying me a little bit. Because I, I think Fjord the... the Deep was pretty crap in terms of the animation. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm expecting a special edition at some point, which I'm going to yeah. buy. Like, Obviously, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to do yeah. it. That's the wonderful thing when we say it like that, isn't it? It's like, oh, we're not happy about it. We're still going to buy it, but we're not happy about doing <laughs> pretty it. Pretty much. But, um, much. with fury actually i thought it well I, obviously i watched it but all the way through i was liking i was thinking sorry i think this would be better as just an audio story like mm. thinking about the soundscapes and stuff i'd love to just listen to it rather than watch it i feel it'd be a lot more a lot more effective i don't know so i might need to get the uh the audiobook they did years and years ago but yeah the the whole special edition thing i don't know if you saw in the in the booklet of the special edition of Power of the Daleks, they talk a bit about, you know, why they've why they've done it. Yeah. And this isn't word for word, anyone who's gonna like call me out on it. This is a, an amalgamation, but they base they basically say, Yeah, we put something out in twenty sixteen. It was a bit shit, wasn't it? So we're doing it again. Like they literally just say, Yeah, we weren't happy with that. So it's like but so you think, well, why did they release it? But they say in the liner notes, apparently the BBC were like, it's the 50th anniversary of Power of the Daleks. You've got to get this out. So I kind of get it if it was time pressure. But yeah, I agree with you. I hope they don't do it for every animation. It's like, oh, special edition, improved animation, you know, so. Yeah, buy the Blu-ray steelbook of every single story twice. Like, <laughs> they have no. suckered me in with the steelbooks. I've got to be honest. Oh, when they first started well. doing them, I was like, no, I was like, I'm not doing it. Don't need it. And then I can't remember which one it was. It was a specific one that I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> then I well, I've got yeah. to get the rest. So they are they are really pretty because I find myself I'm just sort of like, "No, I'll get the steel book," even though is there much different? Like, are they much different to like the normal Blu-ray? They're not. Are they? They're, from, they're from... just in, they're just in a nicer case, but they're like twenty quid dearer. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's worth it. I'd rather have a metal case that is irrelevant, really. <laughs> This we're we're going into like the psyche now of why Doctor Who fans buy things. And we just oh, it's, not, it's not even Doctor Who stuff. Like I bought the the, the the steel book of Detective Pikachu. Hell like, yeah, Detective man! Pikachu, <laughs> yeah. Like why? I like that film, but why have I got a steel book of it? That's so bizarre. Because it's got great artwork, and you were like, yes, absolutely. It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, right. it's just Pikachu in, in like it's purple with just Pikachu on it. It's not even like fancy. I think it I came feel... with a free Pokemon card, so I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Ah, That's I worth see. The <laughs> I feel like we should put in that uh, Capaldi meme, you know, the modern art, <laughs> just with yeah. that Pikachu steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I mean, I'm the same with the Blu-ray collection sets, though. Like when they did the first Tom Baker one. I mean, it was partly because I didn't have a means to play a Blu-ray, but in concept, I was like, "No, I was like, I don't, I don't need this. I own season twelve on DVD." Mm. And then I think it was season ten, the John Pertwee one, because I loved that era. 
And I was like, okay, I've got a PS4 now. Maybe I'll buy one. And then I bought one and was like, holy shit, I need to buy all of them. So, <laughs> they, are, they are really good because I've got three of them now. I've got all the Tom Baker ones. Nice, um, yeah. And I remember because, like you, I've got the DVDs. So I was like, what's the point? Yeah. And then you get them and it's like, oh, there's so many more special features. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, they look really pretty. And it's like they're really nice on the shelf. The one yeah. thing that annoys me, though, is they're not the same size. Like, I think 14 yeah. and 12, the different widths. And I'm like... <sighs> yeah, it's, it's little tiny that, things, isn't it? Like that, yeah. that just... And some people are saying, I don't know if it was the UK ones or maybe the international ones, but like the shades of grey of the box, some of them apparently are very so slightly different. Yeah. So like if you lined them all up, they're ever so slightly different. Yeah, my 14 but... and 12 are different as well. <laughs> it's just those little things that make our heads go... Yeah, well, it's like with the, the Target novelizations that they've announced oh, recently, yeah. where it's like the different logo, and I'm like, why have you done that? <laughs> Just yeah. keep it the same. I, I do admit, like, with, with you know, I do wish they'd kept the older... Uh... McGann era logo if you like i'm not bothered as much you know that they've put the jody one on there it just seems a bit odd like why just you know why yeah. is it odd one out i know she's the current doctor and all that but you know at some point she won't be the current doctor and then it'll just look odd <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like my ocd go through the roof because it's like where would i put it on my shelf like it, it doesn't look right there so i'm gonna have to move it but now there's a space missing so what yeah it drives yeah. me insane I'm, I'm just not I'm... even gonna bother getting them just to save my own sanity <laughs> Probably for the best, and that this is where if the BBC is listening, they're like, Shh, here's a new product, go and buy it. And we're like, yes, <laughs> yeah. okay, here's my bank details. But, um, <laughs> but I guess out of all the, just whilst we're on it, I suppose, you know, because as fans, we we accumulate a plethora of merchandise mm. over the over the years. What is there like a piece of merchandise you have that you'd say is like the prize of your collection? Like, you know, if you could only keep one bit, you'd have to keep that. If that makes sense, just one bit. Yeah. Um, well, I love my Tom Baker scarves. Yeah, so, yeah. How many have I got now? Like five or six? <laughs> oh, nice. Not enough is the answer. <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Hope my girlfriend's not listening. Not enough. <laughs> um, I, that, well, either them or because I've got a replica of the Earthshock Cybermen, the head as well. Oh, nice. Oh, so, sick. one of them, maybe. Oh. Either that or the scarves. But then again, like, would merchandise include the DVDs and Blu-rays as well? That's, then... that's just any Doctor Who ephemera, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of action figures as well. Uh... Oh, they suckered me in recently as well, like some of those B&M ones. I, yeah. At first I was like, nope, don't need it, don't need it. And then it was the Remembrance of the Daleks one, because I love that oh, Dalek Ace. design. And I yeah, saw that oh, and was like, oh, well. fuck. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to have to buy it now. <laughs> and then, you know, you buy one, it's like, ooh. There's other Dalek sets. Ooh, there's a TARDIS set. Ooh, and it just, it all spirals out of control from there. Yeah, so. that, that's it. But I, I mean, in my head, I keep telling myself, like, oh, you're going to do, like, stop motions with them. Like, yeah. you'll do, you'll do, like, it's a whole... the justification, isn't it? Oh, I will yeah. do something with this. Yeah, Yeah, it's not like they're just going to sit and gather dust on a shelf for, like, 10 years. You're Ooh. definitely going to do animations. Like, you're definitely going to do what Batman March did, like, 10 years ago and do all oh, these different yeah. adventures and stuff, like... But I never Absolutely. did. They <laughs> just sat there gathering dust. Bottom line, guys, don't be like us. Don't, yeah. <laughs> don't just just don't make up reasons for buying things. Yeah. Watch your wallet. So <laughs> especially in current times as well. Oh, I know. It's been a you know. Thankfully, I've, I think. Well, it sounds like me and you have kept our heads above water in that sense. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's hard though, isn't it? It can be very easy, especially when we've got all this free time. Oh, I'll just buy this here, buy that there, and it's so easy if you don't tally it to just run away with it i suppose and then yeah 
That's it. Because yeah. I mean, especially during the early parts where it's like, oh, I've been put on furlough and it's like my money's still coming in. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the BBC announced more and more stuff for, like, other franchises and that stuff. It's, like, cool. And then it's just like, wow, I'm hopeless with all this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is all I own now. Yeah. yeah. No, I did that with a few. Uh, it was early on in lockdown because I think it was a combination of being on furlough initially, but also having just, let's say, a few very good months on YouTube, shall we say. Mm. So it was like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, what's that? A 1984 high-end Sony Walkman for a few hundred quid? Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, <laughs> I don't have that anymore. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, you know as long as you balance yourself. But um, on Doctor Who, I mean, I like to ask. Uh, I think it's a prerequisite when you've got a guest on who is a fan of Doctor Who in any respect. So, what was your Doctor Who journey, Alex? What 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 got you into Doctor Who? Um, I mean, the simple answer is it was on TV and I watched it. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> man! Essentially, like my parents, yeah. they grew up with Pertwee and Tom Baker. Um, and then it obviously came back with Eccleston and I watched it. And then from there, after series one, it sort of spiraled out of control. And I was buying <laughs> classic DVDs and all sorts then. And I was trying to imitate like Tom Baker and Peter Davison and John Pertwee yeah. and all these different ones. And it, it's just spiraled from there, really. I was exactly the same as you. It was my, my dad seeing the trailer for the Eccleston series and being like, oh, they're bringing this back. You'll like this. And then I ended up watching Rose and then the rest of the series, and like you said, it all just sort of spiraled from there. Christmas 2005, I think, like, 95% of my presents were <laughs> Doctor Who-themed in some respect. That was a mad Christmas. But <laughs> I don't even remember that. Like, I, I I didn't even watch Christmas Invasion as it came out, if I remember, which right, was weird. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I enjoyed Series 1 a lot, but I never watched it on Christmas Day that year for some reason. I don't know why. I don't even think I got Doctor Who stuff that year either. Again, I was about weird. to say maybe you were playing with like your remote control Dalek or something, you know. But if, oh, yeah. the K, oh, the K9 was the best. The K9 one, yeah. <laughs> I think I've still got it somewhere as well. And it's, I need to change batteries in it. I need to use it for a video or something because that'd be sick. Yeah. I remember being the odd one out at school because there was one of those days where it's like, you know, bring your, bring your favorite toy in or whatever. Mm. And quite early on, I'd seen the Remembrance Daleks, the white and gold, and already decided that, you know, the bronze boys, I'm like, you look nice, but like white and gold, like, Come on, this is this is where it's at. So for Christmas, my brother got the bronze remote control Dalek, and I got and I can see him up there. I got the remote control Imperial Dalek at the time, which nice. I think you could only get because it was in the pages of Doctor Who magazine. It was like you know a third party website. Oh, was it like, like Product Enterprises that made these? Something, something like that. Like that. Yeah, I was like to my mum, you have to go on this website and you have to. And she's like, right, okay, okay, not really sure if this is a dodgy site. But I got that and I took that into school and some of the mates had brought in their bronze remote control Daleks and they were like, what's that? <laughs> you know, what is the, what is this thing? You, I felt like the odd one out. But I don't know if you found it, but like in school, like primary school, when Doctor Who was like getting big, especially with Tenant, like people in school loved the Tenant, you know, the current stuff, the stuff that was airing. Yeah. I'd gotten into the classics and any time I brought the classics up, they were like, what? Like, yeah. What's that? Yeah. Did I, you have that as well? or A little bit. Um, I think most people at school sort of, they did watch it, but they didn't acknowledge that they watched it. And I yeah. think it was just literally me and my friend Dan who knew about the modern stuff that was on TV as well as the classic era. So, I mean, that's essentially how we became friends, really, because I turned around in class and was like, you like Doctor Who? Yeah, like, we're friends now. <laughs> and we still are. Um, hey, big up Dan, if he's yeah, listening. But... <laughs> it, probably not. But, uh, yeah, it was, one of those, it was one of those things that it was not taboo but as in you didn't sort of openly admit you're a doctor who fan at my school okay. really everyone was just yeah. sort of like um 
oh, it's nerdy rubbish and everything. I think some of the yeah. girls are like, oh, David Tennant's fit, and that's why I watch it. But <laughs> that sounds about it. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that more in high school. Like, primary school, it seemed everyone, wa- you know, everyone watched it and you could talk about it, but going to prime sorry going to secondary school sort of coincided soon after with matt smith taking over mm. and for some reason it was then that people were like oh no doctor who's like nerdy or it's for little kids it was a weird like transition because these yeah. were the same people who'd watched it in tenants i remember talking to him you know the primary school playground being like oh i love that episode beyond just david Tennant being gorgeous i mean he is but you know what i mean and then but suddenly these same people in high school like no like it's, it's for kids it's stupid it's like how bizarre like yeah and it's weird because around that time as well there was that sort of transition like you say in sort of personal life but i remember as well like the interest in doctor who so or at least the presence of doctor who in like shops and stuff just seemed to just take a dip because it's yeah. like I remember toys r us used to have near me have like a massive yeah it's like david Tennant's doctor there with his screwdriver and yeah dark, yeah, and yeah. Then that that fucked off and then, like, there was barely any Matt Smith-related stuff. Like, not even birthday cakes. Or, like, not even little shit things like <laughs> that's that. That's when you know you've made it merchandise. When you get a birthday cake, that's that's peak, that is. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it, it just sort of disappeared. And I think, weirdly, that's kind of when I sort of fell out with Doctor Who as well, in terms of oh, what was fair. on TV currently. Um, yeah. I was more focused on the classics from that point on, I suppose. That's funny, because I was... I guess I was the same. I think I watched everything as it aired, you know, just got into a routine of it, but... I even look back now and the Matt Smith era, it's no disrespect against Matt as an actor. I think he's a great actor and I, I do like, for the most part, his interpretation of the role. But when I rewatch a lot of those stories from 2010 to 13 or whatever, they just don't click with me. Mm. And, and I don't know what it is. It's not that necessarily they're bad. I just, I watch it and I'm like, okay, you know, that was that. Was that. I don't get that same buzz I do from uh, Tennant or Capaldi or even some of Jodie's episodes, you know, it's just... And but again, I think people on Twitter sometimes take that as, "Oh, you hate Matt Smith," and it's yeah. like I really don't. Like it's just no, it, yeah. it's weird because I think series five would it have been. Yeah, it would have been series five was the last time that I remember being excited every single week to watch Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I remember the start of series six; I was quite interested, like the first day of the moon, Impossible Astronaut, whatever it's called. Yeah, I remember yeah, being yeah. really excited for that. But then after that, I just don't really remember and I just don't really care. And it's not until recently that I realised I didn't even watch half of it live. It wasn't until I caught up like maybe even weeks later. I just didn't have that desire. I was more interested in going into like HMV and picking up the latest classic release. Yeah, for a really overpriced price back then as well. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think I was more excited to see like, oh, the Trial of a Time Lord box set than I was when Goes to War or whenever it was that that came out, you know. Yeah. No, I'd say I was the same as you. I just, I've got horrible memories of saving up loads of pocket money. And the one I always remember for some reason, because I had like a mythical fascination with Attack of the Cybermen. I don't even know. I don't even know why. I was just like, I really want to see this. Even though people were like, oh, it's terrible. It's really bad. I was like, I really want to see this story. And then when it finally came out on DVD, whenever it was, I remember going to HMV and it was £15.99. And I fucking bought it. <laughs> and so now I'm so annoyed when I go in HMV now. It's like, oh yeah, two for 10 on the classic series. I'm like, you joking? Like, I, I paid through the nose for this. But yeah, I agree with you. There was something more exciting, I think, at that time, going and buying a classic story and watching it for the first time than necessarily watching some of the Smith era episodes. And yeah, yeah it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I do think, it, would you agree? It's sort of a generational thing though as well. Because I mean, it Possibly. sounds like we, we were of like similar 
ages or periods of life going through it, if you like. Whereas yeah. I think those who say they started with Matt Smith, obviously they love it and they connect to it loads, which I get because if that's their first, then that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I, I guess so because I think it's the same with, with like my parents as well, for example. Because it's like, well, I grew up with Tom Baker, so he's the best. I mean, I think Tom Baker's yeah. the best as well, but. I think it is a it is a thing that your first doctor or your first doctors they're sort of the ones that people stick with. And I think by the time it came to Matt Smith, like you said, it's not anything to do with his doctor or his performance. It's not like Matt Smith is a bad actor or a bad doctor. No, no. It's just, it was just you're at that age of like teenage years, maybe, and like around the time of like GCSEs and everything. It's just sort of like I'm not really focused on this right now. Um, yeah, man. Whereas going That's back to the classic things. stuff, it's just like. Oh, this is new and exciting because I already like these these doctors, but I haven't seen all their stuff. Whereas it's just like, yeah, that's modern and whatever. I'll catch that when it yeah. when it, when that's classic. So. Yeah, it's the journey as well because I think from the very I'm trying to think now the very first one I bought was the Three Doctors back in 2005, which was magical to watch as a nine year old, <laughs> flaws and all. Um, and I think it took me about nine years before I'd watched every classic thing that was available or owned it at least. So did it. Uh, did it take you a long time or are you still on that journey now or well i've, I've seen them all now i mean with britbox yeah. it's amazing oh, but, course, uh, yeah that actually really annoys me like where was that when i was a kid like it would Tell have been so much it. easier but then again i prefer owning the physical stuff um yeah but yeah it, it did take a while and i suppose at the time i didn't really care because i was like oh i just want to see them all but now i kind of wish i watched it in order yeah um, excuse me because i i really I really enjoyed going from like the Hand of Fear to Earthshock to the yeah. Three Doctors to yeah, know, like Revelation jumping everywhere, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it gets confusing at times because it's like I only notice now. I think in like Earthshock, there's references to season like stories in season eighteen, what sure, I wouldn't yeah. have picked up on before, and like in other stories where it's like, oh well, when we met this character, and it's like, who? Well, at least yeah. if you do a big rewatch along, as you say, Britbox is there now. There's so many options to do it. And yeah, yeah I think uh, I start with the three doctors. My last one was the invasion of time, which I have a big soft spot for. Everyone hates the, the invasion. Of I time. love the invasion of time. It's so, so much good. so. My, my DVD is signed by Louise Jameson and yeah. John Leeson. I love it. Yes, that lad. That's what I want to hear. It's like, yeah, like there are so many moments. Yeah. Is it unabashedly shit in some moments? Yeah. Of course it is, but it's like we were saying, it's so entertaining. It's not yeah. boring in the slightest. I just, it, I just, I don't understand why four parts of that story are focused on fucking tinfoil villains and two parts <laughs> on the Sontarans. Like, swap it round. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, oh yeah, Lily, you're in love with this guy now, yeah? Yeah. It's like, right, okay, bye. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that was fair, a classic series herself, all over. She hates that as well. Because oh, I asked, she when does. I, yeah, when I met her, I asked her about that sort of stuff. She's like, that's fucking shit. <laughs> not not a direct quote, not quote yeah. that, but yeah, the sentiments there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's the same with um, you know, when when Mel leaves, she's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go with glitz. Why? Just I don't know, <laughs> something to do in it. There's a know. few exits like that. I think is it Nissa as well? It's kind of like I'm just gonna stay behind. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even like poor Peter Davison looked shocked, even though he knew he's like, "What? <laughs> Why are yeah. you just staying here?" Yeah, but I guess in the class, it's always that perspective, isn't it? Back in the day, I guess people weren't. It wasn't all about big companion exits or anything like that. It was just they came, they went, and that was that was that. But it's so funny now, isn't it? Watching and like when they did Doctor Who on Twitch, and people mm -hmm. who've never watched the classic series, and they go like, "Wait, they just left? Like, where's the 
where's the big ending speech? Where's the big arc? It's like, nah. Like, it's the same with Regeneration as well. Like, when you yeah. look at, because I did a review, a video on Regenerations recently, and not a lot of them have that sort of, oh, well, I'm the Doctor, and I always will be, and I don't want to go. Before, it's yeah. just like, here we go, and then just yeah. change. <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. I mean, poor Colin Baker, you know, bang on the head oh, on the console, and he's that, out, you know. And so I know bad. Big Finish have rectified it, yeah. guys who love Big Finish. I do, I am aware don't come at me in the comments saying, oh, well, did you know? It's like, yes, I know. But on TV, poor guy, bang on the head and that's that's it. Man's conked out. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, why why did they put Sylvester in a wig? That's the thing that gets me as well. Like, they, they clearly don't look the same. Yeah. Like, Colin <laughs> is clearly a lot taller than Sylvester and the clothes yeah. are clearly too baggy. It's, just like, get a guy BBC, who looks man. like Colin. Just get yeah. a guy who looks like Colin. It'd be, just put John Nathan Turner in that wig. Yeah, like, they probably would have looked similar. <laughs> Late eighties, who yeah. man? The BBC yeah. didn't give a shit. They like, just really do something didn't. and get it out. Yeah, but um, I learned that your favourite story ever is the Hand of Fear, right? Yeah, yeah, from Tom Baker's time. And for those who don't know, Sarah Jane's uh, initial leaving story. So um, I know you've done a video about it, and I'll link that in the. There'll be a card floating around somewhere in here on YouTube. But in a summary, what, what, why is that one your favourite out of the whole pantheon of um, Doctor Who stories? That was the first classic one that I watched. Uh, oh, okay. So I am yeah. willing to admit that it is not the best story ever, even though if anyone asks me, it is the best story ever. <laughs> um, but I just have nostalgia for it. Like I absolutely adore it. And I think that's the one DVD in my collection that I've watched front to back. Like All the extras, the commentaries, yeah. even the info text, like all of it. I just, I, I just love it. Um, and I think it was such a great introduction to Classic Who as well, because for me, at least, there was that familiarity of Sarah Jane. So I knew yeah. who she was. Um, I think he's got a really good villain in Eldrad. I love the nuclear power stuff. I love the fact that characters get possessed and start killing people. And yeah, the quarry stuff, I think, is really fun because it's actually in a quarry. They're not on a planet that is yeah. actually a quarry. <laughs> It's just, it's just a lot of fun, and I just have so much nostalgia for it as well. Yeah, it is a good story, and, and we, I mean, we just talked about companion exits, but she, Sarah Jane actually gets that nice little moment, doesn't she, in the TARDIS mm. with him at the end to sort of say goodbye, I guess. And I mean, it fully deserved. She'd been on, she'd been on the show for three years. I mean, if she'd have just walked away, I think even she would have been like, "Hang on, like this is a bit, bit throwaway." Yeah. But off the top of my head, I think that is one of the only ones where it does feel like a modern series exit as well. I can't yeah. think of any others where it's like a big dramatic moment and speech and everything. It's just sort of, it's, it's yeah. a really sweet moment, actually. I think yeah. part of me doesn't like it in the sense of the continuity because Leela then went to Gallifrey like a series later. Yeah. yeah. At face value, I think it's a really sweet moment, especially when I believe Tom and Elizabeth actually wrote that scene themselves as well. I think. Yeah, because well, they had that strong bond, didn't they? So yeah. I guess they wanted to give it a good send-off. But even now you've got the Hand of Fear on Blu-ray in the Season 14 set. Oh, yeah. I take it you've you've still got your Hand of Fear DVD? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not getting yeah. rid of the DVDs or anything. Like To be yeah. fair, this, out of the Season 14 box set, Hand of Fear, first one straight into the PlayStation, straight away, Absolutely, have to watch mate. it. Yeah, man. I must admit, I with some of the classic series box sets, just because of space that I've got here, I did have to sort of swap out the DVDs, and it wasn't, it wasn't an easy decision. But I know, I know, fans are crucifying me. But when you've got when you've got limited space, guys, you've got to you've got to factor these things in. But um, I I must admit, 
when I had to swap out season 10 DVDs, I, I did keep my DVD of the three doctors. Cause that was like, you said that was my first one. Mm. And I looked at it and I was like, I, I can't get rid of this. That so was my first in... Pertwee as well. That one. Yeah. Which is weird it's a it's... cracking jumping on point. I think though, in a weird it, way, even though yeah. it's got all three doctors and stuff, it's a good, you know, I think it's a good jumping point. See, I, I saw some like slander of it on Twitter the other day and I was just like, I'm not having this. I didn't respond. I <laughs> Well, I saw people say, oh, it's a load of rubbish. It's just like, it's just fan wank. And I'm like, what are you joking? about? Like, what do you mean the gel guards aren't the best Doctor Who villain that's ever existed? What are you on about? Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, I think as like when I watched it as a nine-year-old, like, you know, I think it's a great point when you're a kid getting into classic Who because you're not really focused on, like, the special effects yeah. or whatever. You, as long as the imagination part's good. And I mean, how do you get more imaginative than, oh, we've gone into a black hole and there's these bubbly lumps walking around and there's a time lord who wears a mask like i think for that it was the perfect story for me to like get into classic who because i was like right if they're all like this this will be great and turns out they're not all like that but that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay the dominators i'm looking at you but you know that's 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 fine that's that's part of the fun like twin dilemma i i love and i know people People, you're gonna come at me. I know you are because people. Every time I mention that I like the twin dilemma on Twitter, people are like, "Whoa, that's a hot take!" Or like, "That's controversial." <laughs> I'm like, "It's not that bad." Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I think it's just. I, I think it's got that reputation of being because I think it's quite dull. If I'm totally honest, Th- no, that's but fair, I think that's because fair. it it came straight after Caves of Androzani as well. It's like, yeah, it's unfair for the twin dilemma. Because I think yeah. even if a really good story, like a well-known, objectively good story, followed after Caves, it'd still be looked at as in like, it's not, not as good as yeah. that one, is it? So it is what it is. What would you say is like the biggest disappointment that you've ever had? Like when you, you bought a DVD and you're like, oh, I'm well excited to watch this one. And then you're just like, oh my God. That was... Oh, biggest disappointment. Christ. I know what you mean. I've had a few of them. Probably, I'm going to say it only because I've rewatched it recently and I didn't get anything else out of it again. The Time Warrior. Okay. And I, I love the Pertwee era. I, I'm of the opinion that there is no such thing as a bad Pertwee story. Because the Time Warrior is not bad. But, you know, again, you see all this praise for it, you know, for various mm. reasons. Um, And I rewatched it again. I remember buying the DVD. Oh, I can finally watch the Time Warrior. And I finished it and I was like, oh, that was that then. It just, not, it might, nothing really much happens. They go back in time. A Sontaran's up to no good. They blow him up. That's I don't know. I was just like, that's kind of it. Do you know what I mean? With yeah. Sarah Jane's intro, I really like that whole dynamic of her coming in is good. But yeah, I'd say that was that was one of them. I'm trying to think. Actually, I'm going to be brutally honest here. A lot of season twenty, Davison's second one. I'm I'm not a fan of season twenty at all. I think because again, it's oh, it's the twentieth anniversary season. There's like a returning thing in each story, and I was like, oh, this will be really cool then. And like especially the uh, the Black Guardian trilogy, I was yeah. just like. I was like, well, this happened then, you know. Yeah, it gradually gets worse as well, which is annoying because it's nice seeing the Brigadier in Mordrin Undead and then yeah. Terminus. I don't know, is Terminus is the Terminus. last one or is, that, or is that the middle one? I, I think, think it's Mordrin Undead, then Terminus, then, then Enlightenment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the la- Mordrin Undead, I think I can tolerate purely for the fact that Nicholas Courtney's in it. Yeah. The other two, I'm just like, oh my God. Weirdly, Arc of Infinity, I actually don't mind. I, I watched I that mind about Infinity. a year ago, and I thought, wow, this is nowhere near as bad as people are making yeah. it out. But the rest of that season is is dire. Like even the Five Doctors, I think, was Ooh. that was that was probably my disappointment actually. 
Okay. However, okay. The reason being is because Tom's not in it. <laughs> that is literally it. Because I remember That's I got it. I got the first edition DVD where it had yeah. like all five of them on the front, and it was like, oh, oh my god, god, this is awesome. And then it's like there was the Hartnell scene or the Richard Hartnell, and then it's Trout, and then it's Pertwee, and I'm like, here we go. And then you see him yeah. on the river, and I didn't know about Shadow at this point, so I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. What do you mean he's stuck <laughs> in the thing? <laughs> is that and it? He's gonna oh, stay fuck. there for the whole story. <laughs> I was just sat there like. The entire story, like, fucking fuming. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I do get that. I'd say out of season 20, if we're counting it, The Five Doctors, I'll admit, is probably my favourite. It was the second classic who I ever watched. I just went with the multi-doctor stories, clearly. I think I thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get more I get more value for money because yeah. there's more doctors in it. That's a good logic. But um, yeah, just even things like The King's Demons, even though it's two parts, I'm like, I totally what, ha- that. what happens? What happens in this story? It's just, yeah, I think because it's partly its own fault but also partly because i think before i watched it again fan hype oh it's got this returning thing season 20 ooh, and that's oh cool and then it's like oh actually i've just thought of my biggest disappointment and you might crucify me that for this and i think i've mentioned this on the podcast before okay oh boy and i'll pre- i don't dislike it it's decent i just don't love it like everyone else does i'm just gonna hover over the end call button just, uh, <laughs> no pressure it's a uh, city of death Oh, oh yeah! I remember you. I remember seeing your tweets about it. Actually, I don't know if I replied. It's, if I did, I should have done. Um, you might. Yes. It's. I'll say it's not a bad story. I don't think it's terrible. I think Douglas Adams, you know, brilliant writer. That's undisputed completely. I think again that it was partly due to the fan hype because you know mm, you you, yeah. you see fan hype about City of Death. Oh, it's like the best Tom Baker story, best story of the seventies. It's so witty. It's so funny. It's so brilliant. Blah 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 blah. So when I finally watched it, however many years later, I was like, oh, this is the the brilliant story that is like the pinnacle of 70s Who. And I watched it, and whilst it was fine, I was like, I don't know, I couldn't really put it above some others. So I think that was my biggest disappointment, because it was built up to be this grand jewel in 70s Doctor Who, and for me, it just it just isn't. I think the timing of when you watch it is quite important because I was quite lucky because City of Death was one of the first classic stories that I saw. Was it? I think it was like the third Tom Baker story that I saw. Or mm. Very early on, at least, anyway. So I watched it at that right age where I didn't really know what the reception of it was. I just watched it for what it was. Yeah. Um, and I loved it without that sort of pressure because I think, for me, my biggest disappointment is quite similar um, in the sense of it's got this big reputation, and that's Inferno. Because I remember watching it thinking, like, oh, this is supposedly Pertwee's best story. And I watched yeah. it and I was like, I'm really bored now for like a fair Ooh, few episodes. Wow, okay. It's not until like the parallel world stuff gets going that I'm like, yeah, okay, this is good. But up yeah. to that point, I'm like, I don't really, I don't really like that story. That's fa- hey, that's fair, man. I'm a I'm a big, big season seven fan, but that's completely fair. I think with season seven, like I love all of those four stories for different reasons. But at the same time, I can completely see why some people don't like it. Some yeah. of them are very slow. It's very methodical. It's a lot of straight talking, if you like. And whilst I love that, I completely understand that that's not for everyone. So if you say that, you're not the, a big fan weird... of Inferno, that's cool. But the weird thing is, like, I like Ambassadors of Death and I do like the Silorians as well. It's literally just Inferno that's the one okay. where I'm like, this is really sort of dragging a bit now. And I yeah. think it is partly because of that reputation that we were sort of talking about then. That Because I think Doctor Who magazine had a poll and that was like the highest rated Pertwee story. It was, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I was just sort of like, oh, this, this is meant to be really good then. And like I said, when it gets going, yeah, it's a very good story. But I still prefer stuff like Three Doctors, Carnival of Monsters, Sea Devils, yeah. Silorian, Spearhead, Terror of the Autons, stuff it, like that. It's mad how fan hype has such a can have such an influence on yeah. whether things some it's a disappointment or not. And I mean... 
on the fandom in general, this was one thing I did want to talk to you about out of interest was I, as I was going through your channel, um, I noticed, I think it was about the end of 2018, you did a video about sort of the Doctor Who fandom at that time. Mm. Um, and obviously it's been nearly three years and obviously views from that time, you know, people's opinions can change everyone on the internet. It's not, it's not forever. So I just thought I'd ask you what, like now, 2021, what do you think of the fandom when you see it or interact with it? Has it gotten better from then? Has it got worse? Is it about the same? Like, uh, I, I, to a certain extent, I think it's got worse, if I'm okay. being totally honest. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think the problem that I have with it's the extremes, and I don't think they've gotten better. So it's like you have to be either totally against it and you absolutely fucking hate it, or yeah. this is amazing, this is incredible, and if you don't like it, you're an idiot. Like, there's got to be some sort of in between there. Like, you don't have to like every single episode or like every yeah. single doctor or character or villain or writer or whatever and i feel like there's no there's there's no real middle at the minute it just feels like there's that side and there's that side and it just seems to have gotten worse the more and more that time yeah. has gone on there's not like that middle like where we just said you know i'm not the biggest fan of city of death you're not of inferno and we you know we're i'd say I hate to say it, but you know, mature enough to be like, that's fair, that's cool, yeah. whatever. That, but you know, if we'd said that, to some people, are, what do you mean you don't like Inferno or City of Death? How you can't be a true fan if you don't love these stories to death? And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's stupid. It, it, it is, it is ridiculous with some people because I, I think Darry's made a very good video where he's talking about toxic yes. positivity. Yes, he and does. I fully, I fully agreed with that as well because I think for me, like, if people are negative, I'm sort of used to that in a weird way because i'm like well obviously if you don't, you don't have to like something but it's these people who can't accept that some people don't like something or they think it's inherently due to bigotry or something which is ridiculous in my opinion yeah. and that's not to say that it doesn't exist because it absolutely does and i'm not trying oh, to yeah. say that there are people like that out there but i think there's some people who are fairly sort of respectful and saying like well i don't really like jody's doctor yeah. oh well you're sexist then yeah what? like no, it, it I... doesn't work like that but then, no, it, it, like I say, it's it's both sides of, of the spectrum, really, that I just think need to just fucking rain it. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, like, what I try and, when I do my, well, what people class as controversial hot takes, on <laughs> the twin dilemma is the best story ever. It's not, <laughs> but, you know, something like that. And if people say, Obviously, time no. Oh, I, yeah. Time and <laughs> the, the Rani, slight detour, is always in the bottom 10 when they Doctor Who Magazine do the polls. Shouldn't be there. Just going to say that. But <laughs> there's a lot more deserving stories that deserve to be there. Um, actually, now I think about it, I don't agree with a lot of that bottom 10 list. But anyway, that's a different, that's a different tweet thread for a different yeah. time. Um, but yeah, I, you know, people might say to me, oh, well, I think, I think you're wrong, completely wrong. I think Twin Dilemma's awful. And I always try and preface it with, that's fair enough, or like, cool, whatever. I just love it. That's that. Because I think, you know, sometimes the lines get blurred a bit on social media because it's not like now, like, we're talking to each other. People interpret text in different, well, however yeah. they want, quite frankly. And I think that's where a lot of the, or what I've seen a lot of the tension starts. Because I might read a message and think, oh, yeah, they've just, they've calmly put across their point why they don't like it. But then there's an argument below and it's like, oh, maybe that person's read it as like some sort of threat or attack. And it's it's hard, really, isn't it, on, on social media, especially. Yeah, it is. But I think the annoying thing is, it's like, why why do people expect that everyone has the same viewpoint? It's like, it'd be so boring uh, yeah. if you just said like, oh, Twin Dilemma's underrated. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> All right, well, Time of the Rani shouldn't be in the bottom 10. Yes, I agree. Like, how boring is that? Like, you need to have, like, that's why we're fans of the show. Like, there's so much Doctor Who out there. You don't yeah. have to think the same thing as everybody else. Like you're entitled to your own opinion. 
But yeah. I just feel like nowadays people just can't see that and they think everything that somebody says is like a personal attack. And it's like, why are you no, so honest I... that your favourite TV sh- uh, episode is not the same as somebody else's? Like, that doesn't yeah. mean that you're wrong. Like, yeah. You can still no- like that. I took note of that in your, I think in your video at the time, um, you just said, you know, back when, I guess when we were kids, you could doctor who was you know when you chatted about it, it was fun and you might have even had different opinions but it was it never got to the level it arguably is now and i think social media has had a part in that yeah part, you know because it wasn't really around when we were kids but yeah it's just it's just those pulverizing extremes i mean there's a pal on twitter of mine who just said big finish isn't for them because they can't really get into the audio medium which is fine it isn't yeah. for everyone but they got hounded like how can you disrespect big finish for all the work they do and they were like i never said that like, <laughs> I, I never that's, fucking said that <laughs> that's the thing that gets me it's when people start putting words in your mouth and it's just like actually i, I didn't think that story was that good what the fuck yeah. what do you mean you think that the writer should die and that yeah, children exactly. should be put in the gulag yeah. like yeah. where have you got that from yeah where's that come from yeah absolutely i mean i mean yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But speaking on Twitter, do you fancy answering some questions from people on Twitter, Alex? Yes, I'm sure people of Twitter are going to be very nuanced and open to different things. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, it. I think there's nothing too, too bad out here. At least I don't think there is, but we'll find out. So <laughs> We'll soon find out, yeah. First from El- Earl Grey Trekkie, who says, um, who do you hope will be the 14th Doctor? Which at the time of recording is still just a rumour. By the time this comes out, it's the only problem pre-recording. It might have been confirmed or denied, but still a rumour. So sorry, go on. Who would you want to be the 14th Doctor? Uh, apart from me, you mean? Um, oh yeah, of course. Still haven't had a ginger doctor. What the fuck's that about? No, no. They're wait- it's waiting there. It's yeah. there. Terrible. Uh, I think, thinking about it, I-, I think it's not a straightforward choice as it once was. Because I-, I don't think... I think the BBC can't go with another man again because people will say, ah, so you're admitting that you failed or people will go like, ah, you're sexist because you don't think that a woman can keep doing it sort of thing. So I think they have to, you know, go with another woman. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I was thinking about this. I think I put it on Twitter as well. I think there's only one choice at the minute that's bulletproof and that's Gillian Anderson purely because everybody thinks that she's a top actress. She's got the sci-fi credibility and she's just fucking awesome. Like, how could you not like her? And I think she's got the acting ability to do it as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, a good choice. There's, there's loads of other people that I think could do it. But I think right now that's the only choice that I think no one could get mad at. Because I think yeah. even the biggest sort of not my doctors would be like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. What do you think about, again, at the time we're recording this, just rumours. There's a lot of buzz about Tiana Miller. I, I haven't really seen much of her, to be honest. I don't. Uh, is she in the haunting of something? Because I think... I've not watched it, but um, I know a girlfriend. Oh yeah, the haunting the, of um, Bly Manor. Manor or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen I bit, think what, I think it stemmed people just, you know, as they do, they put around various people they want to be the doctor. It started as that, and then I think um, Nerd Den, if you're familiar with him, yeah, asked yeah. the question on. I think it was Cameo, one of those sites about, do you know who the Fourteenth Doctor is or something? Hmm. And she responds by being like, "Oh, like when you find out, it's going to be like a cracking surprise or something like that." And then it's now sparked this whole thing of, oh, is it her? Does she know who it is? It's this whole, it's a snowball at the minute. So it'll be, uh, but yeah, Gillian Anderson's a shout. Mm. Recently watched her in The Crown and I couldn't decide whether I loved her, Maggie Thatcher, or hated her. But that partly might just be my northern bias against Maggie Well, there is, there is that, but it was quite weird because I remember, I, I didn't really watch it. Sort of my girlfriend was watching it and I was sort of peeking every now and again when I was on my phone and stuff. And I was just like, 
Do I find Margaret Thatcher attractive now? This is quite weird. <laughs> I don't know why. But yeah, it, uh, like I say, for me, I think that's the only bulletproof choice that is sort of like no one can sort of say anything against it. Whereas, you know, the, uh, who else was it? There was a few others I've seen. There's, like, some people have said like Richard Ayoade. I love Richard Ayoade, yeah. but I can't see him. I've not seen him do anything serious. He just does comedic stuff. Which, yeah. I mean, you know, that has worked before, but I can't see him doing the sort of the big dramatic, like, ah, I'm the doctor, you're the Daleks, I'm going to blow you up sort of stuff. I, I, yeah. I just see Moss. <laughs> I, would see, just yeah. see, I was going to say, a lot of people think it will just be his character from the IT crowd yeah. and, and nothing much else, but no, we'll have to see. We've got one, I guess, in a follow-up to that from uh, from Making a Mark, who is I am the Senate 200 on Twitter. What a great handle. Um who says, plenty of people want Idris Elba as the Doctor. However, I think he's a better fit for the Master. Thoughts? I can't see him as either, to be honest. I think he's he's okay. at that stage of his career now where he's too big to do it, I think. Okay, um, yeah. And again, I I think he'd be good at the more serious and dramatic stuff if he was the Doctor or the Master. But I can't see him do the sort of quirky, light-hearted stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'd love to see him in Doctor Who because I think he's fantastic and Luther's one of the best things I've ever seen. But yeah, as the no, Doctor it's... or Master, I don't know. I get what you mean because that quirkiness, some of the mainly the voiceover stuff, like he's done some for Disney, you know, in films like Zootropolis or Finding Dory, things like that. And obviously, there's quirky, funny lines in that. And for me, they they just didn't carry off with him. And I don't yeah. know whether it was the it could have been the writing, it could have been his performance. But yeah, I do. When you said that, I do get what you mean. I wonder about that whole quirky personality sort of thing but yeah is his like, name even Sorry, in the marvel stuff like in the mcu like that's obviously very sort of witty and funny and his character never like heimdall never really joins in with that sort of stuff or if it does it's yeah. very brief so yeah i don't know i mean he's a fantastic actor um oh, yeah. but whether he can he'd be the right fit for the doctor i don't know because that's the thing like a lot of people just throw names out and it's just like oh let's have this person it's like yeah. not everybody is right for it yeah, his name's always bad. It's the same with Chris Marshall. Make Chris Marshall the Doctor because oh, the, the tabloids certainly want it, you know, for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick from my family. He'd be well good. Yeah. What? All right. Sure. Some of the selection, I, I, there was one, I think it was partly a joke, but it clearly annoyed people. It was like, oh, what about James Corden? I was like, oh, absolutely yeah. not. No. No. I'm of the opinion where I think Gavin and Stacey was the only good thing he ever did as an actor. I've not, I've not even watched that. I'd say it, it, I, I, I think it's good, but anything else I've seen him in movie TV, it's just it's not good. It's really not good. I, I must I, admit, his chat show, like, because I've watched clips because I, I like some of the people that have been on it, and I watch him. I'm like, wow, you are such a smug bastard. Like, oh, you I can tell those, it's all gone to his head. I hate when people like like Jimmy Fallon's another one where it's like, so uh, I'm doing all right today. <laughs> <laughs> they just you, everything. Yeah. It's like, all right, calm down. Yeah. You know. <laughs> It's that whole American TV personality, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, yeah. So James, you can you can stay over there for now, mate. Don't worry yes, about coming back. Um, we've got one from Darkness, who is uh, oh. Kurt's Mark on Twitter. <laughs> I know Darkness. Darkness, Darkness itself. <laughs> yes. um, have you thought about making a Discord server where we could chat with you every now and again? Uh, I I think I've used Discord once in my life. <laughs> so I mean, if people <laughs> just follow me on Twitter. Like I tend to respond to most people anyway. Or Instagram yeah. or other places. Like I don't even know what Discord. What is Discord it's, really? It's a weird, funny. It's basically like a chat room, but it's dedicated to. So say, if it was a Wingy Media Discord, it'd be 
you know, somewhere where you could post, hey, look, here's a new video, or let's have a discussion about X, Y, or Z. It's basically a chat room, basically, a oh. modern-day chat room where people can... I'm, I mean, I've got one myself, and I'm... I, but I think it, it, they're weird because you either interact with them a lot and you're like on it all the time, always logged in, or you're barely on it like me, which probably doesn't sound to... I think you've just got to dedicate a fair bit of time to it, do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. about... Whereas Twitter's, I guess, sort of an open book. Um, Discord is more funneled, I guess, to, in this case, like you and your work. So I guess if people didn't see you active on it as much, they'd be like, what's he doing? Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's, I mean, because yeah. I'm on so many different things because well, I've got a Facebook that I never use. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I've got Instagram. There's obviously the YouTube yeah. comments. I've got a Patreon as well. So yeah. I, I don't think I need another thing, really. Yeah, too many things in it. Yeah. But um, we've got one from the stylish one at Doctor Who Style. How stylish style. is he, though? Oh, well, from what I've heard, quite stylish, yeah. Okay. Um, he's got three questions. I mean, I've, they're all quite short. He's basically said, favourite Eccleston episode, favourite Tennant episode, and favourite Smith episode. Uh, well, the empty child Doctor dances. That's my favourite Eccleston. Sound that, choice. That, that was the one that made me a fan. That terrified me. Yeah. Uh, Tenon is probably the library story, partially oh, because no. his costume in that is banging. Yeah, it is blue suit, banging in that. Dark, yeah. dark shirt. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's good. Um, it is. And then, Matt's difficult because yeah. I like quite a few, which is weird because I prefer I prefer Eccleston. But his yeah. story is dead easy. Whereas with Matt, I'm like, oh, I don't know, actually. Because uh, I, I, I do love the 11th hour. I do yeah. like the Angel 2 parter. I do like the 50th. Mm, mm. I'll go with the 11th hour. 11th hour like, sound. Yeah. yeah. Probably I'd probably have to say the 50th. Because, I mean, as, of the three main seasons, I mean, maybe Doctor's Wife would come a close second. But, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky one, as you say, with Matt Smith. But... See, the thing, like with the 50th, I don't really class that as a Matt Smith story. I treat it as like a... Multi... I don't... Weirdly, I don't treat multi-doctor stories as that doctor's story, weirdly. So, yeah. me, three doctors, five doctors, two doctors, they're not fifth, sixth, uh, third doctor stories. Yeah. What There's I'm tra- curious about is... Them, so... Yeah, that's Trout yeah. stories. It's all Trout and stories, yeah. mate. Yeah. What I'm curious is the next time Doctor Who magazine decides to do, you know, a, an episode poll like we talked about earlier. I remember in the last one, which was 2014, it was just before Series Eight started, mm. and Day of the Doctor was number one. And I was like, I'm sure part of this is because it's just aired and yeah. we all loved it. So I'd be curious to see where in like all the pantheon of stories Day of the Doctor falls now. I don't think it'll be number one still, but I'd be curious to see if it still falls in like the top ten. I don't even know if it's my favourite multi-doctor story, if I'm honest. No, I don't think it's mine. I think mine, well, again, partly nostalgia, but it's got to be the three doctors for me. But I think mine's probably mine's probably three. I'd probably go three, two, day, yeah. five. And the thing, I do actually like five doctors. I know I sort of shit on it before, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my favourite out of all of them. Yeah, I Where like the two doctors. I mean, I didn't realise until really using Twitter a lot more this past year that a lot of people don't like the two doctors. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So. Yeah, I know. I, I've always been a big advocate for it. I fucking love it. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. Like, turn Trout into a villain. Why not? Yeah, I think that's what people have a gripe with. I'm like, yeah, but it's just, it's a character beat. Like, it's just, you know, it's fine. It'll go yeah. back to being typical Trout at the end. Don't worry. Don't panic. You know? Yeah, I, I, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it's a little bit yeah. too long, I must admit, but it's probably the last okay. great thing. Bob Holmes did for Doctor Who. I think. Oh, for sure. Did he write in, oh, he wrote in Trial, didn't he? Yeah, Stop and Trial of a Time of Dreadful. Well, he wrote, yeah, he wrote that first four parts. And I, I mean, I wish we'd have got to have seen, bless his heart, you know, his version of the finale as well. Yeah. But 
yeah, don't think we'll. I'm surprised Big Finish haven't. Well, I say that, but then I think there'll be like loads of like legal complications. Yeah, because like isn't the stuff to do you... with Eric Saywood as well? Yeah, a lot, a lot of lawyers it. basically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah just believe um, that one maybe. We've got one from Genesis of Androzani, who you should oh. definitely check out if you yeah. haven't seen his stuff on here on YouTube. Who says, um, "Why don't you like the pure historicals?" I just find them boring. I'm not a fan of history. <laughs> I'm just not because I think with, I think with Doctor Who I like some sort of alien presence there that isn't the Doctor or the TARDIS, yeah. um, and it, they just bore me because I'm like I'm just waiting for some interesting alien related thing or sci-fi thing to come up and it never does. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind stories where it's in the past because I think something like um, the Visitation I think is fantastic because it's like yeah. oh the Doctor's involved in the Great Fire of London but there's also an alien there. That type yeah. of thing I think is great. I just I, I hate those stories where there's just nothing like it may as well be something else like sure black sure. orchid for example may as well be an episode of poirot or something <laughs> like it doesn't need to be a doctor who story and i think because it feels less like doctor who i'm less inclined to like it really yeah that's fair i mean i'm I'm of the opinion i don't hate the his pure historicals i would say i definitely prefer the more like you say sci-fi fantasy ones because there's some mm. of those particularly some of the early hartnell stuff that um i mean i've actually today actually in the post i got a cd of the trout story you know the highlanders oh yeah which i think was the last pure historical they did for well quite a while actually because they probably until well, they black orchid yeah because they were deemed not not popular i guess yeah and i mean i will listen to it but out of the four i think i got i got that one i'm trying to look from a distance i got the highlanders i got the evil of the daleks which is first on my list yeah um got Naturally. the wheel in space and the space pirates and i must admit after all the bashing I've given the Space Pirates, it's actually the Highlanders I'm probably the least excited to listen to. Yeah, I mean, the only noteworthy thing about the Highlanders is that it's Jamie's first one, really. That's it, And yeah. that's, they're never memorable to me, the pure historicals. I mean, apart from Black Orchid, yeah. just because it's ingrained yeah. in my memory of how much I hate that story. And do, do you think they could ever go... I mean, I know, especially in Jodie's time, they've done a lot of, you know, that sort of pseudo-historical. So, mm. you know, Rosa, but there's a, a space racist from the future. Or that was whole... so stupid. It's just like, <laughs> I get what you're trying to do, but there's a way to do it. Like, I, don't, I just I, think that... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I, I don't know if they, if they can do pure historicals now, because is yeah. the audience going to accept them? Because I think most people are so used to what Doctor Who is, that if they did a story where it was like, oh, we just have to blend in and sort of assist with history, as is, yeah. I'm not sure many people now would take it. Because obviously back in the day, like the original idea of Doctor Who was to tell kids about science and history, so it made more yeah. sense. But like you say, they gravitated away from it. So to suddenly yeah. go back to it in like 2021, it'd be a bit a bit jarring. I yeah, think. I don't know. I, I, Funnily enough, in Jodie's time, I would argue Rosa was maybe the perfect opportunity to do a pure historical it, again. It probably would have worked better, I think. Yeah, the message would have come across a bit stronger. But I mean, even with things like, I get in like Haunting of Villa Diodati, you needed the setup of the Cyberman there and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I do. I, I am mostly in agreement with you about, I don't know how well they could pull off a pure historical again, as you say, with mm. audience perceptions and and biases but you know if uh, again i feel like i have to say it if you love those pure historicals that's that's great more power to you it's just you know yeah i, I suppose I like a it, bit of sci-fi it depends on what sort of period you want to go to as well like if they did a story just on say for example the titanic hmm. and well they basically just remake titanic but the doctor's on it like yeah i'd watch that but yeah. i mean it depends like what sort of historical events can you actually do like 
I mean, obviously they did the whole Rosa Parks thing. Like, would they ever do a 9-11 story, for example? Like, Oof, where's, where's would, the uh, line? Yeah, that would be that would be an interesting. Yeah, uh, but the thing, a story yeah. like that, I think could be interesting with the sort of sci-fi element. But would they ever do it? Probably not. No. Uh, so it's just one of them. Like, I, I think there are some moments in history that are uncomfortable and are those sort of, oh, I don't know if they could do that. But it'd yeah. be important to see it, similar to the Rosa Parks thing. Like, yes, it's an uncomfortable time, but we need to see it or have it re-taught re to us type thing. Yeah. I mean, the moments where they do focus on that, the sort of racism and discrimination of 50s America, like, I was like, this is what, as you say, we need to see, like, because this was, this is history. It can't be all mollycoddled and stuff. Yeah, I just think it could have been, that was the main chance this era to do a pure historical again. And they didn't go for it, and that's fair enough, but... Yeah, that was the one for me. I must admit, though, the one I'm curious to listen to is The Massacre, because that sort of gets, again, like mythologized as this really dark, gritty historical with lots of death and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I'm very much thinking this is 60s Who. And I'm like, I'll listen to the soundtrack one day and I wonder if it will be like that. But apparently that's the one of the classic series people say is like, it's the, maybe like the grimmest his, pure historical. I mean, with a name like The Massacre. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> would it kind of gives the game away, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the last question we have from Time Lord Master 108 <laughs> God. says, um, have you ever had the misfortune of hearing about, or God forbid, witnessing the horror that is the Doctor Who parody known as Doctor Screw? Shudders, yes. it says at the end. Yeah. I I am aware of it. Yes, it, it's the pawn thing in it. Let's it's, let's it's just the not pawn. Be, it's, pardon the pawn. The, let's not beat around Time the Lord Master, it's you've pawn. been very polite in your question, but yes, it's for those who don't know, it's a pornographic parody of Doctor Who. So, yeah, yeah, didn't it come out in like Eccleston times or something like that? I, I've I've seen yeah. pictures of it. I, I don't watch it. Like, <laughs> I, not just because I'm in a relationship, but just because of my own sanity. Like, yeah. why would you watch that? I mean, it's it's probably just it. let me know what it's like, but um, for me, <laughs> in the comments I mean, down it, below, let us know. It'd probably be one of those things where, like, if I was with a group of mates and we were all, like, pissed out of our fucking minds, it's like, oh, <laughs> should we watch this for a laugh? I'd be like, you know, yeah, go on, I'm fucking drunk, like, let's do it. But yeah, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be reaching for my DVD shop being like, shall we watch a bit of Doctor Screw this <laughs> evening? <laughs> Next in the yeah. Blu-ray collection series. <laughs> I want Dr. Screw to get some sort of mention in media. Not necessarily the TV show. Oh. Big Finish, comics. I just I just want a line check. I just He's want one of the timeless check. doctors. Big there Finish. Get on it. <laughs> Dr. Screw is a pre-Hartnell doctor. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Confirmed. Uh, if I just, ever I mean, showrunner, this is happening, by the way. Like now that the, now that the wheels have been set in motion, this is going to be canon. There you go. Hashtag wingy for showrunner. Crispy Pro, if you're listening to this, you've got a competition <laughs> right yep. here. So... Doctor Screwing Cup. It's. I would say I'm surprised there's a Doctor Who porn parody, but oh, I'm actually not because no. you know there's a parody of everything if you look. If you look isn't deep it, enough. Isn't it a thing like Rule Thirty Four or something, or Forty Two or something like that? Where it's like everything has a porn version of it. Oh yeah, it's something like this like weird. That. So I hear. Yeah, I mean, uh, not that I'm, we're gonna do that anytime soon, but I'm sure if you went looking, you'd probably find a porn version of everything else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, those were all the questions I had from Twitter. Thank you to everyone who asked them. That was that was a grand time. Nice to finish on Doctor Screw. <laughs> yeah, nice to finish on a high note. Nice to finish on the high. <laughs> um, but something I wanted to ask you, and we might have touched upon it um, already. There were two specific things I like to ask uh, each guest who has like a Doctor Who fan link or connection, if you like. And we might have mentioned this story already, but 
I like to ask guests, what's like one story out of all who that the general fandom consensus, like we've talked about, you know, hype or dislike, mm. one that the general fandom like hates, this is not a good story, blah, 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 something like that, but you actually love it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's the mm. twin dilemma. Yeah. But have you got a story like that where fandom's like, this is not very good. And you're like, I actually really love this. I think I've got a few actually. Like yeah. again, similar to ones that we've mentioned, um, Attack of the Cybermen, I think is a very <laughs> underrated story. I love Attack of the Cybermen. Same with, like, it's a lot of Colin stuff actually. Yeah, like season, yeah. season 22, I think he's brilliant, and a lot it's of people so don't good. give it. They, they just don't give it credit. Um, yeah. I think Battlefield. I don't know what the general consensus on it is, but I quite like Battlefield. Yeah, um, I think Ark people just Infinity. say they think it's the weakest of the season, but yeah, Battlefield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ark of Infinity is another one. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Do people like Resurrection of the Daleks? I don't know. I, I love I've, Resurrection of the Daleks. I've seen it fluctuate, you know, over the years. Mm. I think when I first got into it, people were like, this story is, it's like, you know, it's too grim. There's too much going on, blah, blah, blah. But recently it's like, oh no, this is, they love the darkness now. Do you know what I mean? They love how sort yeah. of dark and gritty it is. And I've, I've always loved it, Resurrection. But Yeah, um, I, I watched it the other day. It's brutal. I love it. Mm, um, yeah. I, I think it is mostly 80s stuff. Um, yeah. Gopolis is another one that I, I okay. adore. But again, yeah. that's probably nostalgia reasons. Yeah. Um, let me think, what else? See, in the 70s, I generally think that what people like is the good stuff, and what people yeah. don't like is generally the stuff that I don't really like. Yeah, that's um, fair, that's fair. I get Into the Dalek, if we're going to go modern era, I think Into the Dalek is another one where I'm like, yes, this yeah, is amazing, yeah. and no one gives it credit. Yeah, so, no, I'd agree with you. I mean, see, Series 8 is my favourite New Who season. Which really? I'm pretty, I'm pretty unashamed in saying that. Again, that's another one of my controversial hot takes. But it's better yeah, than I just because I, I, I literally uploaded a review of it yesterday. I, I saw, I, yeah, I, I watched it. I, yeah. I definitely like it more than when mm. I first watched it. So I, I understand why people like it now because I, I just didn't give it any credit yeah. when it came out. It's it's not without flaws, but I just think. The, I mean, for people who've listened to this show from season one, I'll be brief because I've said this a few <laughs> times, but I just think with Doctor Who at that time, you know, with the end of Matt Smith, it was very whimsical, which is fine, yeah. but it wasn't for me. And when Capaldi came in and it, the whole thing just completely went 180 on its head to that more, well, Capaldi's characterization, the the tone of the stories, the Doctor doing undoctor things, which people didn't like. But I was like, no, but I like the fact he's doing these different things we haven't Me seen too. before it's interesting it's so fucking interesting into the dalek perfect example you know the whole uh telling the guy to eat that thing and he still gets yeah. killed and he's like oh well, he was dead anyway it's so interesting to hear a doctor say that yeah everyone's like oh he's heartless like he's he's cruel it's like yeah but look look a little deeper than just like the line itself like that's see that's the thing with series nine that i loathe i'm like why did they change the direction of it i don't know if it was that backlash or because they just genuinely thought well we've run its course now but i, I just yeah. wish that they kept that up because that could have been so interesting and yeah, i don't think so... that story arc you could have told over the course of just one series i think it needed to be all of capaldi's run but. Yeah, yeah. There are those like tenuous links, I think, throughout the run. But yeah, I agree with you that the at the start of series nine, when he comes on being the midlife oh, crisis the granddad, oh, the tank. God. Yeah, I was, I was like, it's it's partly cool, but also partly cringe because it's come out of literally nowhere. Yeah, and I think season ten Capaldi, I was like happy with because obviously mm, they settled into that new tone. If series nine had been sort of a middle ground between that, like he's starting to mellow out, but still has a few 
harsh quips here and there. I think that's what I would have preferred, but yeah, I still like Series too. 9 for the most part. Just while we're on it, sorry, I'm really curious. What's your thoughts on Hellbent? Because I have to defend Hellbent so much. So. Well, I mean, the thing is, I will say this. Objectively yeah. speaking, Hellbent is not the worst episode of Doctor Who. And I think it's not even... I wouldn't even say it's objectively my least favourite episode of Doctor Who, as is. But yeah. I think Hellbent represents me falling out of love with Doctor Who. That's um, yeah. It's kind of like, that is the episode where I'm like, I, I it nearly broke me, basically. Okay. It pretty much broke me. Because um, I think it was, it's more to do with Clara, I think, because it just summed okay. up everything that was wrong with the series at that time. So I'm like, mm. how many exits did Clara have at that point? Like, this was her sixth exit, and it's like, why does she keep coming back? Like, why is she giving her own TARDIS? Why are we yeah. just ignoring Gallifrey for a story that we don't need to tell? Like, I, I think its execution of what it does is very, very good. It's just what it's doing, I don't think, is the right thing to do. Um, That's fair enough, yeah. I mean, I, I'll agree with you. I didn't like the fact she went off in the TARDIS at the end. Uh, I think... It's when such I a nice first... TARDIS as well. Why does yeah. she get a nice TARDIS? Yeah. I must admit, when I watched it on broadcasts, I remember thinking, like, the idea of her, you know, him reaching in and grabbing her from that moment, just say for that episode where she either dies at the end or goes back. Mm. I was all for that. I was like, I don't mind her popping back in one last time as an example of the Doctor, you know, going too far or, Clark, you know, all that sort of stuff. When yeah. I was like, I'm for it. But then when, yeah, when she gets to fly away, I'm like, you've kind of just robbed some of the credence that Face the Raven, Face the Raven gave her. Because I thought Face the Raven was actually a good ending for her. Yeah, I, I quite I quite liked it. Yeah, and Heaven Sent, but, um, I mean, I know that Heaven Sent is widely over regarded now, and it is a very good episode. I don't think it's like the best Capaldi story, but I, I love what that episode's trying to do. And again, mm-hmm. Hellbent comes in and it undermines it. And I was just like, oh my God, Moffat's going to give us such an amazing finale. Oh, I was fucked it. Which is pretty much what he did <laughs> every <laughs> single series during the Capaldi years. Like, oh, he's going to do something. Oh, I fucked it. Oh, he's every fucked single it. Yeah. <laughs> I must admit, though, and uh, I do really love Twice Upon a Time, bar the bar the unnecessary, the Hartnell Doctor for some reason is now a, a rampant sexist. Uh, but, that, um, that annoyed uh, me actually, because so many yeah. people, because I think I said this in my review at the time, like so many people would have no idea about classic Doctor Who and think, oh, okay, so, like, I'll, I'll check it out. Oh, wait, no. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not if he's like there. that. Yeah. I think the thing was, like, obviously we all know if you watch Hartnell era who, yeah, there are some lines he says that are very much of the time, but it's like, There's that so was more... so far between. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. And yeah, I don't know why they made it a that whole sticking point. But aside from that, I don't know, I really love the fact it was just sort of a very downplayed episode you know there's no aside from rusty making a cameo there's no like you know big bad or anything like that it's just yeah. two guys who were afraid to change and i don't know i guess it, it could be like we said maybe it was a time of life that i was in or whatever but because i had just finished uni and so obviously that's the big change of then going into the fucking big wide world which is scary as shit so maybe yeah. it was a little bit of that maybe i was afraid of that you know ending uni and all that but I don't know, I just really love the fact that for a Christmas special, which, let's face it, are normally quite big, quite bombastic, quite out there, that it was just this sort of, like, really quiet, downplayed ending for Capaldi. Mm. I, I, I do I do like the concepts of, like, the two parallels of the Doctor scared to change and everything. Um, mm. I, I don't know, I just found it a bit of a... Considering that's Moffat's last story as well, I was a bit like, this is what you go out on. That's um, 
So yeah, it is what it is. And again, see what I always hated with Moffat is he like you were saying, like, why is Rusty in it? Like he throws too much into stuff sometimes. And I think yeah. that really weakens it. And I feel like Capaldi really should have had a much stronger exit. I, I kind of hate the fact that the beginning, well, the bookends of his era are overshadowed by another doctor. Because in his first story, Matt Smith appears again, and it's like, you've just right, you've gone, mate. Fuck off. Yeah. And then his last story, it's like, oh, there's another doctor here. So yeah. I guess just as my passion for Capaldi, um, yeah. that, that does kind of annoy me. But I, I, I need to rewatch it again, actually, because I think I, I didn't really like it at the time. But maybe yeah. upon, yeah. upon rewatch, I'll change my mind. Because internet, that yeah. is possible. People can change their mind. Yes, it is. It is. And anyone who disagrees, well, it's just factually not true. So you can't change your mind because you can. We're all human beings here. But um, it's I think you're right, though, about like because you see what's happening now in Jodie's era, not necessarily on TV, but there's a lot of conversation that her era is being overshadowed by mainly promotion of, say, David Tennant in various. Yeah. Whether it's Time Lord Victorious or Big Finish or him appearing in the comics or the VR game. I mean, would you agree with that? Would you think? Do you think the BBC are sort of pushing him too much as the main? Well, not the main, but you know what I mean. It's like the image of the brand at the minute. I think so. I I, I do agree with that because I mean, like her or hate her, she is the current Doctor, so she should be the face of the program. But I think it's kind of like a knee jerk reaction because I I felt in the last few years, and this is during Capaldi's era, so I'm not just digging out Jodie here, but the presence of Doctor Who has fallen even more to the general public, I think. Oh, and I think it's, all, it's I think it's a bit of a pushback from the BBC going like, okay, nobody really cares about Doctor Who anymore. Let's just bring back David Tennant for all this sort of shit and then we'll get people interested again. So I think it's a bit of a catch-22. Like, I don't like it, but I understand why they're doing it. Um, yeah. But it, it does kind of feel like she is getting shortchanged a little bit because she should be the one who's on the birthday cakes in Tesco's, for example. <laughs> on the birthday cakes, yeah. yeah. Not not your Time Lord Victorious cake, which yeah, they'll exactly. eventually do. Yeah, yeah, we don't need David Tennant murdering people throughout time and space on a birthday cake. Just shows the corridor yeah. that'll do. It's annoying, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, we all love David Tennant. It's great that he's doing all this, you know, like stuff for Big Finish and all this extra content. But, yeah, I am, I, I am with you in the sense that you should really be pushing the era that is current or the one that is now. I think they're banking on that nostalgia sweet spot because, you know, it's been yeah. 10, 15 years and all of us who were kids are now grown up. And I think you're right. They're banking on those like casual viewers who watched it in tenants time and will go, look, it's that attractive man you like. And they go, Oh yeah, I remember having a poster of him on my wall when I was like seven. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and buy this audio drama from a company I've never heard of before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, well, Eccleston's coming back as well, so push that one, yeah. maybe. If, he, if he's um, going to do it, push that one. To be honest, I think Tom Baker coming back to Big Finish was a bigger deal. Like, David yeah. Tennant is kind of inevitable doing this, whereas with Tom, it's just like, at one point, and Eccleston, they were never going to come back to Doctor Who, and now that they yeah. have, like, that's and now Tom And now Tom's done, like, ten seasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, or something I, mad I, like that. <laughs> yeah, because well, I think he did a, a drama for the BBC... Uh, oh, it was that the hornet's uh, nest or something like that with which Captain i heard was Yates. actually quite weird like even for doctor who i heard it was quite weird like some of the plots or something but yeah he did that first and then i guess big finish coaxed him somehow but yeah, yeah probably. i mean 10 series in it's mental i mean chris eccleston who knows he's got i know he's got the three or four box sets already planned but i mean who knows where this will where this will go from here it's well exciting do you reckon it'll I go just back want... to the 60th well, I, when they announced, you know, the whole big finish thing and then the tra- the trailer and stuff, I was like, oh, maybe. But then I saw there was that clip, I think, if you saw on Lorraine, mm. um, where he's in the car park. And, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think she said, oh, so she put it in a really bad way. She was like, oh, well, obviously the current doctor's a girl, but would you ever, you know, degenerate back into yourself? Just, I was like, that's a... That's you know, such a weird... A... So obviously there's someone on TV that doesn't look like you. Yeah. Are you, are you going to change her? Are you going to change back? <laughs> she, she worded it in the most horrible way. Yeah. But she, was, she was basically asking, would you come back? And I think word for word he said only when hell freezes over so i was kind of like ah okay that sounds but then again d- legally i think he has to say stuff like that because if he was and true, it's already discussed true. there's no way he could say oh yeah i'm coming back two years yeah. before it's meant to come out so i, I hope know, I, yeah yeah fingers crossed i, I mean i would say oh I, I bloody and the gun that's the all of them get yeah, them bring all them all back. <laughs> no i just think with with chris i, I think the 60th because I think I worked out, because I've got a weird thing for dates. I love numbers. But I think in the 60th, he'll be 59 or 60 then. And I okay. think if you want him on on TV, because let's face it, the BBC, as much as we don't care if you cast, like, you know, an 80-year-old Sylvester McCoy as the seventh Doctor, mm-hmm. you know what the BBC and TV are like. They won't do it. So I feel if we want Chris back on TV, the 60th would maybe be the last big opportunity to do that. Yeah. So I think that's what everyone's banking on, but... Yeah. The thing is, like, what doctors? Because I I agree. I don't think they will sort of bring back the older doctors because they look noticeably different. But then again, in that trailer for season twenty four, I think exactly. you can get away with Sylvester. I yeah. think you can get away with sort of Sylvester onwards. I think you can get away with all of them. Yeah. So I think. Come on, BBC, pull I your mean, finger out. Just... I bring them all back anyway. Like, I mean, I think Colin, Tom, and Peter. I think they do look noticeably different. So I don't think that they would. We'll fucking do it anyway. Yeah, or you could just do a curator thing and just have them playing different mysterious yeah. roles that allude to them being past doctors. You oh, know? bring like... back the five-ish doctors. Do that. Yeah, oh, I'm I so excited to watch that. I'm so excited to watch that again because at the time we're recording this, the 50th anniversary Steelbook is only a few days away. So by the time people hear this, it'll be out. And I noticed when they announced it on the special feature, it was like the five-ish doctors is going to be on it, and I haven't seen it since. Well, since 2013, because it was on, like, the red button or something like that. Yeah. 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 And I think the only way you could get it physical was that... Do you remember that really limited edition 50th DVD box set that was, like... Yeah, like, shaped like the moment and all that. And that was just wildly expensive. See, I haven't seen the Five-ish Doctors in years, so I'm really looking forward to... I swear it was on iPlayer for a bit as well. It was on iPlayer for a bit, yeah. It was just... There's been various times throughout the past five years when I'm like, I want to watch the Five-ish Doctors. Oh, it's not there. Any clips on YouTube? Oh, there's maybe like two minutes, but it's not It's not there. So, yeah, I, that's going to... Honestly, that's going to be the first thing I do when I get that set. Not the actual stories. <laughs> I'm going to go straight to the Five-ish Doctors and I'm going to watch that. Why it not? Like, it's so glorious. good. I, I, again, I'm just annoyed that Tom Baker doesn't appear in that again. Like, But I kind of also, at the same time, like the fact that there's a running gag that Tom just doesn't come back for stuff. <laughs> that's just his thing, isn't it? That's yeah. his calling card. Uh, we love you, Tom. We, we, I mean, we love them all, don't we? Yeah. We all in their own way. Well, I think we'll start to wrap it up there, Alex, mate. But cool. that's been... I've had a fantastic time. I yeah, hope you too. have as well. Yeah. But um, before you go, um, if you'd like to shout out any of your socials or any of your work, please feel free to do so now. It's pretty much just wingy media on everything, really. Uh, like well, it. Just YouTube, Twitter, the main things that I use. People follow me on Instagram. I don't really post. Well, I don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it, really. I guess just Twitter and, yeah. and, and YouTube, wingy media, pretty much. 
Yeah, Wingy Media. Type in Wingy Media, you'll find him. But um, all of those links will be in the description. There'll be various cards throughout the video. So just go and do it. Go and check him out. Lots of good stuff over there. And remember, not just Doctor Who stuff. You got stuff on, as we said, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, all sorts of stuff. So go also, if if you like like shit, then you'll love my channel. <laughs> like if you love some guy, just get angry about the most pointless and stupid things. You will love my channel. We've all got a soft spot for that kind of content. Let's oh, exactly. be real. I know I certainly do. And now this is the part where I try and remember what I have to say. I really should write this <laughs> down. Um, so I'll Here's a cue card from your guest. Just like... Oh, yeah, just cue card. Like, here's what to say. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much for watching. Please uh, leave a like if you enjoyed it. Comment your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel. We've got new episodes on video coming every week. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the 50 bajillion streaming sites that I put this on, uh, thank you for listening. Please consider giving us a follow again. You will get the episodes the same time as everyone else on YouTube, however you want to listen to the podcast. New episodes coming every week on AMTV Radio. And yeah, all that's left to say is, Alex, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Anytime. No, no worries, mate. And for all of you watching slash listening, I will see you in the next one.